light action around the NBA tonight, but the Wizards get a surprising victory. And Markel Fultz, the next twist in his saga, is he just broken? And we make a Thanksgiving meal out of NBA teams. Let's do it. It's the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA. You are Locked on the NBA, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA, the pre-Thanksgiving edition of Locked on NBA. Happy holiday to all of you. On Wednesday, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I am John Corrales, co-host of the Locked on Celtics podcast, and you can find my written work on Boston.com, RedsArmy.com, and find me on Twitter, RedsArmy underscore John. So happy early Thanksgiving, John. We got treated to just kind of a weird night of action in the NBA on Tuesday night. Not a ton going on other than the Wizards game, which we'll get to here in a minute. First game up, though, Toronto 93-91 over the Orlando Magic. Kawhi Leonard with 18 points. Kyle Lowry still keeping up the assist number seven. Magic aren't bad, though, are they? No, Magic, a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. Uh, They had a lot of chances to win this game down the stretch. They just missed a lot of shots, but they're not to be taken lightly. No, and next game up, Brooklyn 104-92 to over the Miami Heat. Brooklyn really kind of put it on in the second half with 65 total points. You know, it's nice to see them kind of winning despite the the Karis Levert injury, who was kind of, as I think Ben Golliver said it on the podcast with us, the hipster MVP. Uh, But bad loss probably for the Miami Heat here. The Miami Heat are really, really struggling. They they have uh, they have hit a, a really rough patch and they are as bad as the Wizards. And they're lucky that the Wizards are that this bad because Miami probably would be one of those conversations that people should be having about most disappointing team in the NBA, but they're, they're getting a chance to hide behind some other really bad stories right now. This is when you try and like news dump everything with what's going, <laughs> going on with the Wizards. It's a Friday, end of the week, you dump all your bad news and hope nobody notices. Yeah, the Miami Heat are bad right now, really, really bad right now. Dealing with some injuries, no Goran Dragic, no Tyler Johnson. But still, bad loss, and and things are not looking great in Miami. No, and the other game before we get to the Wizards, because that's the one where John and I are going to have a lot of fun here. Portland over the Knicks, 118-114. A little bit closer despite big games from C.J. McCollum, who, as I lose my tab here, put up uh, (laughs) live podcasting. 31 points, 29 from Lillard. And it's still a little bit closer. Knicks have kind of fun now that they're going with this youth movement and just letting them play. Yeah, yeah, you know, let let those young guys have have their uh, their minutes. The the uh, Blazers are on this monster killer road trip. Let, look at listen to what this started as at Los Angeles, at Minnesota, at Washington, at New York. So they've gone west to east, and now they still have to go back at Milwaukee and at Golden State. This is a monster road trip, and uh, just they're they're going to struggle just because of this travel. It's going to wear on them. I can't wait to see what happens against the Bucks. The, the Blazers are good, 
but this is going to be a real test of, of what they're made of. Yeah, you know, they really could have kind of almost blown it up in a way that maybe the Wizards are, are about to do, and they didn't, and it kind of worked out for them. But the team it's probably not going to work out for is the Wizards, and they did get a very surprising 125-118 win over the Clippers. This is after the Clippers beat them pretty badly in the first quarter, 40-21. to So was, is this kind of the expected result of all this turmoil that this team is having, that they go out and they beat a very good Clippers team? Uh, I wouldn't say expected result. It's a nice result of the fact that they got down big. I mean, they were down more than 20 points, I think, at one point. And they slowly marched back. Uh, if they played an even second quarter, they won the third quarter by 10. They won the fourth quarter by 16. So that at least shows that they're not ready to quit just yet. Now, does it mean something? that they didn't have Dwight Howard in this game and they managed to not completely <laughs> fold. I don't know. I'm just saying that, I mean, they still got down big, but they didn't quit. And that, that says a lot for this team. Uh, th- this is a, a prime opportunity. And I know that the guys in the locker room aren't necessarily celebrating the fact that they, they, they came up with this win. Uh, but from the outside, this was a chance for them to completely fold. And I know in the first quarter, Wizards fans, I saw Wizards fans on Twitter saying, just just blow it up. Forget it. We're done. Uh, this has to be at least a good feeling that they didn't completely fold. And they they managed to at least show that they're, they're, they've got something to fight for. Yeah, this is kind of one of those, like, you can understand maybe the surge of emotion in this type of thing kind of leads you to a victory, masking a lot of the problems just kind of in the immediate aftermath of everything. But this is weird. So you and I have joked probably for like a season and a half now on the Wizards, like pretty consistently. And now everyone can see why and our humor was justified. It's probably They deserve it. Oh, they deserved it. It's probably good they didn't fire Scott Brooks during all of this because this really isn't his issue. This is, as Bradley Beal said, a top-down thing, starting with Grunfeld and all of that. But it's weird. They're trying to stay the course and not necessarily have a knee-jerk reaction, which is a good thing. And you saw what this team's capable of when they actually try and play defense in the second half. You know, that's where this game changed. It was them in the second half actually trying I've got the numbers here because they are so wild. In the first half, the Wizards had a defensive rating of 135.2. That's horrifically bad on so many. Yeah, that's pretty bad. (laughs) It was just 84.9 in the second half. So this is a difference Mm -hmm. of about 50 from one half to the other. And you could see it. It was just energy and effort and just kind of being keyed in on this one that kind of changed it the Clippers didn't turn the ball over at all basically in the first half and then all of a sudden their turnover percentage jumped by 20 percent because the 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 Wizards actually tried and where the hell has that been all year and why haven't they had all of that which still means that this probably isn't necessarily going to be sustainable and we all like to say that you know winning is a hell of a drug or cures everything this quote comes from Candace Buckner after the win interviewing Markeith Morris when it was asked if it was nice to get a win considering everything that's happened and he goes not really it's <laughs> effed up what's going on the comments that's coming from the locker room is effed up that don't happen in sports. 
You just silence some critics, you win the game, and these are the things coming out of the locker room. That whole wild practice they had was while they were on a three-game winning streak. Winning's not going to do anything to fix the underlying issues here, which might be that these dudes just all hate each other. Yeah, they they clearly have a lot of problems in that locker room. Uh, it, it, it's hard to really, without being in those practices every day, understand the depth of what's happening. But when John Wall is turning to his coach and saying F you when the coach is asking for more effort, uh, that that's a serious problem. When Bradley Beal is talking about he's been dealing with this pro- these problems for seven years, well, seven years isn't how long uh, Brooks has been around. Seven years is how long Beal has been around, and it's been it's been like that from the beginning. So he's either talking about Wall or he's either talking about the management. And the Morris twins will keep it as real as real gets, and he he will not. Mark Keith will not say something to sugarcoat. He will not give a fake answer. There is some deep, deep, deep issues there. This game is nice from us, for, for us, from a, a public perspective, from a broadcasting perspective. Let's, let's look at this realistically. You have the Clippers who have just won, uh, let's see, three, five games in a row, including a couple of overtime games. This is the last game of a road trip. They go home to face the Memphis Grizzlies. This is an easy game to overlook. You get up by 20 against the team that's doing this poorly. You relax. That That's a natural reaction, and they just never, never got it back. Meanwhile, for Washington, they got a 20-point game out of Jeff Green on 8 of 11 shooting and 3 of 6 from 3. That is not going to happen very often at all. So the Jeff Green aberration game, came at a very perfect time. If he had a normal Jeff Green game, they probably would have still lost this. So it's it not it's not as kind of positive as it seems at, at the at the beginning of what we were talking about. So this isn't going away for the Washington Wizards. This isn't this isn't happening. And and I, I wonder if the rumors of we're willing to trade Wall and Beal were kind of like a let's give these guys a kick in the ass or whether it, it there's some reality been. to it right like I, and it, look, no, I, that makes sense actually i don't know why i hadn't actually heard so anyone say that yet to be honest uh, I, and i've been kind of keyed in on this one so that's pretty interesting because it might be maybe it's just kind of you know motiv- brooks wasn't motivating him in practice so maybe you need to do it another way right right like look i'm looking at it with my boston celtics I wrote this on Sunday before these trade rumors came out on Monday with with the Wizards. On Sunday, I wrote about the Celtics. They need something to kick them in the ass, and and maybe that's you know as simple as a guy getting benched, or maybe it's as extreme as a trade rumor, a front office that says, "Hey, you know we're you know leak it to Woj, leak it to Shams. Hey, we're you know we're we're listening. And, and are are there any restrictions? Nope, nope. We're we're listening to everybody." And it could be something that at least tells John Wall or Bradley Beal, like, you know, this is something that could happen. This this thing that you're building or whatever, this life that you're living here, we could rip it away. And and forget about getting traded to a contender and all of that stuff. That That's great from a fan perspective. But these guys have built lives and have roots 
down in Washington to rip their lives from there to send them to another team, that's that's a big threat. Yeah, no, it is. And it, this is going to keep unfolding. This is this win is not fixing anything by itself. And it's a fun time to follow the NBA because there's drama everywhere. And we're about to get into it with what's going on with Markel Fultz. But if you want to kind of stay up to date on everything that's going on around the association, you've got to make sure you're following Locked On NBA Net on Twitter and Instagram. We've got a curated feed, a one-stop shop of all of the Locked On podcast hosts covering their local teams, giving you the insight that you're not going to get anywhere else. If you just need one thing to follow for breaking news, for insight during games, it's at Locked On NBA Net. And if you follow it on Instagram, we've got one-minute stories, one-minute clips from a lot of the shows giving you everything you need to know in just bite-sized forms. It's a great way to stay up on everything that's going on around the league. Again, follow Locked On NBA Net on Twitter and Instagram. So, John, when you're talking with your, your attorney, is he yeah. kind of ever giving you what, – what's the type of advice he gives you to kind of protect yourself and cover yourself, right? Those kind of things, huh? Yeah. My, re- my recent conversation with my attorney was to uh, leave the Locked On podcast until I got my voice checked. And yeah, I don't know. I don't have an attorney. That's- <laughs> like, we're not important enough for those things. Uh, but look, it's never – like a good thing, right? It's not like, oh, let me just go chat with my attorney. No. When your attorney advises you to do something, it's because probably situations aren't going well for you. And that's the interesting that just came out about Markel Fultz, that all of a sudden, not his agent, but his attorney, and they're the one yeah. and the same, but they're referring to his agent now as his attorney, is right? advising him to get his shoulder checked out. This, th- The wording in and of itself, just right there, is so weird. Yeah, yeah. This isn't good. This is another situation not good uh, for the the Sixers. It's it's interesting the genesis of this uh, relationship. And Markel Fultz just swore that he was healthy. Uh, him and uh, Drew Hanlon had this big falling out. Hanlon had a tweet that was deleted where he said, look, Markel Fultz is still not 100% right. He had that whole shoulder impingement thing that that cost him most of the season last year. And now here we are, where his attorney is advising him to take this step. Why is it referred to as his attorney? Why are we seeing it as his attorney and not his agent? Uh, for some reason, that that seems significant. It feels like there's some serious problem brewing, and you have to wonder if this uh, Sixers medical staff is somehow involved in uh, something that his agent slash attorney just just didn't like. If they're they're putting Fultz in situations that he's he's not comfortable with i have no idea what what's what's happening here and and what fultz's uh team is setting himself up for here 
No, like this is truly bizarre. And this came from David Aldridge um, yesterday on Twitter. And it's Raymond Brothers, who's often mainly until like yesterday and today referred to as Fultz's agent. But it's saying that at the direction of his attorney, he's going to be seeing a shoulder specialist early next week. He's not going to be participating in team practices or games until after the specialist has had a chance to evaluate him. Elton Brand said the same thing, that he's not going to be really with the team. And Brand said he was unaware if anything was wrong with Fultz's shoulder. This is so weird. Like, again, it's the wording. Maybe otherwise you could if, – if it was just, hey, he's going to get checked out by a specialist because we've seen his shot. We talked about it last week. It's it's broken. Like, there's there's no other way to put it. I, I don't know what's going on, why, how you rebuild this, how you kind of fix him here. But, you know, when you look at it, when the attorney's kind of getting involved and they're saying it like this, yeah, you've got to wonder if he feels the 76ers have some culpability in what's transpired with him and the way he looks and the way he plays and the way he probably thinks mentally. And all of a sudden you're kind of putting this legal language out there that maybe they're going to look at you know some action against the team because they don't feel it's in the best interests of the player or something like that, right? Either that, that's one theory. Or, or, it's something against Hanlon or yeah. whomever is responsible for the shot in the first place. So, there's, if you look at the timeline of this, so Markel Fultz is in Washington, and he's awesome in Washington. There's a reason why he was the consensus number one pick. There's a reason why the Sixers gave up that pick, the with Boston the trade to go from three to one and give up the Kings pick. There's a reason why all of this happened. And, and Markel Fultz was really good. So he comes in and if for some reason over the summer, they change, they try to change his shot. They try to change his shot to either make it smoother or make it a little bit more like Steph Curry's and make the release a little bit faster. And for some reason, somehow, through the process of changing his shot, his shoulder gets hurt. And it cost them all of last season. If if I'm an attorney, and because they're using the direction of his attorney, I, I feel like we're on the right path that somebody is setting up for legal action. It's either the team or it's the coach in the people or person involved in trying to change the shot in the first place. So... Something is happening here. Uh, there's a reason why what the, the big move that preceded this was Fultz cut off all ties with Hanlon. Yep. So there, if, if I'm piecing things together, one, one road I'm going down is the Sixers. Another road I'm, I'm really looking at hard is what's his relationship with Hanlon? Why did that suddenly get severed? And why is his attorney suddenly involved in getting his shoulder checked when it was – the shooting coach that started this entire process in the first place. Yeah, it it's just bizarre, and I guess we kind of got to wait and see, but I'm like kind of dying to know what's going on with this one. Like, this is just, again, the language is so freaking weird that they're Let using. me be clear. I want to make sure I'm completely clear. I'm not accusing of Drew Hanlon of doing anything. I don't know what he did. All I know is that he and Fultz and Fultz's camp from – Somewhere between Washington and his first game in Philly, somewhere in that in that time frame, Drew Hanlon was involved with Markel Fultz 
and his camp and, and his shot was, there was an attempt to change his shot. And in that process, his shoulder got hurt. I think that's pretty, pretty clear. I want to make sure that no one is saying I I'm accusing him of doing something illegal or whatever, but this process it doesn't have to be uh, it's anything intentional or whatever. I'm just curious to see if this legal process involves that. Yeah. So if you just want to ignore what John said and just send him blind hate anyway, as I'm sure a lot of you <laughs> want to do, it's at Red's Army underscore John. Not the first time. <laughs> no, I know. We get it all the time because we like to upset some fan bases here. The interesting thing about this is it's likely not to really impact the 76ers on the court much. Since the Jimmy Butler trade and him being in there and J.J. Reddick going into the starting lineup, Fultz isn't getting kind of the playing time he had before. He played just seven minutes against the Phoenix Suns on Monday. And after the game... Uh, Brett Brown really wasn't committal to or t- committed towards him and playing the backup point guard spot when you've got other guys, particularly TJ McConnell, who might be getting those minutes anyway. So maybe that has something to do with it. But, you know, if you're a Sixers fan, this is probably okay because eh, he wasn't going to get a ton of minutes anyway. It's just a whole weird thing that's going on here. Yeah, look, it costs them. Dario Saric and Robert Covington. And they came into the season. The plan was to have Simmons and Bede and Fultz be their big three. And that Fultz couldn't be that guy. Now they had to readjust. And it cost them two really good players. Saric and Covington were important to this team's success. Now they got a Jimmy Butler, who is very good and the best of those players, but they paid a price. And Essentially, if Fultz never comes back, you can say they traded Fultz and those other two guys for Jimmy Butler. That that was never supposed to be the plan. The plan was supposed to be Fultz and Embiid and Simmons and and having those other guys as, as really good role players around the Sixers. Once they made the trade for Butler, you knew something was really, really wrong with Fultz, that they didn't think that Fultz was going to be a long-term answer because they're going to have to make – uh, Butler, the long-term answer. And if, if they wouldn't do that, if they thought Bill Fultz could do it. Yeah. It, it's just going to kind of be interesting. And they do play uh, tonight against the new Orleans Pelicans. So kind of first game back after all of this, we'll see if we get any more quotes or comments from whether it's pl- teammates or the coaching staff or GM Elton brand. This is kind of a story to follow going forward. And one of the weirdest ones we've seen in a long time. So before we build a Thanksgiving feast, of NBA teams here. It is Thanksgiving. You don't normally associate that with the NBA. It's kind of football time. And we had one hell of a Monday night game the other night between the Chiefs and the Rams. You've got the Saints in contention. Your Patriots are probably doing pretty well here as well. And guess what? We've got locked on podcasts for all of them and probably your alma mater. So it goes beyond the Locked On NBA channel with our own individual podcast and the Locked On NBA podcast. Got one for every NFL team. We've got one for a ton of college teams. So check out what the rest of the Locked On podcast network has to offer. It's your team with the local angle every single day. You can't get that anywhere else. All right, so before we build our own feast, I've been asking this of people recently because I've learned it's kind of a polarizing topic in a weird way. Are you a fan of Thanksgiving food just in general? Uh, It's fine. It's good. I mean, I eat turkey often enough. Um, So, yeah, Thanksgiving food is fine for me. 
I've had one or two people just be like, ah, I don't care for it. And it's, it, which kind of threw me off. And then it's thinking, it's like, yeah, maybe there's other things I'd rather eat, but we're I mean, I never eat-, eat stuffing any other day of the year. Like when do you ever eat pumpkin pie? So, I mean, I guess yeah. it's you, whatever. It, no, I get it. It kind of makes sense, but we're about to build a feast of NBA teams. So we're going to take, a, how is this how we're doing this? We're just going to take some NBA teams and equate them to food items. Yeah. We're going to make, we're going to take that Thanksgiving meal, that, that table full of food. And we're going to make each, each dish kind of the, uh, what, what the NBA team would be. So like the big Thanksgiving Turkey would be what? So I was thinking about this and this is the one that really jumps to mind. It's gotta be the warriors. So like, that's what the meal is based around. That's what you're here to eat. We all know we want to watch the Warriors. They're kind of the centerpiece of the league. And ultimately... Some people kind of hate it. Some people kind of hate it. Like, I'm not a huge turkey fan. It's kind of dry. It leaves you a little bit unfulfilled, which is probably how we're all going to feel if and when the Warriors win another NBA title this year. Sure. I, I can get down with that. So what would the, that would make what the stuffing the Raptors because that's what goes in like the second oh, the second they're good this year yeah like they're what, good what do you, no, what do you put good. inside the war, like, the Warriors I don't know what are you supposed to how are you supposed to do it like the the war if the Warriors are the meal and I I can't argue with that I can't pick another team then the yeah, the stuffing is the next thing right like the stuffing and the turkey go hand in hand that's part of the meal so you got to have. Yeah, I guess it would be whoever they play in the finals from the Eastern Conference right. for the most and they, part. Like they completely consume it, like this, like it's like yeah, it's gonna they be go like, hand in hand. But I don't know. No, I get it. Yeah, I see where we're going with this. This makes sense. I know our listeners here are totally on board. So the the stuffing is the Eastern Conference champions, maybe likely the Warriors. I guess or not the Warriors, the Raptors, based off of kind of how things are right now. For now, for now, yeah, sure, sure. I'm gonna go with that. So like, and then, and at this point, just, you know, we call it the ham. We could call it the, well, I don't know what else the people eat on Thanksgiving. It's basically turkey or ham, right? Yeah. Those are the two. So what would the ham be then? Um, I mean, unless you want to make the ham, the Raptors, you know what? Let's do that. Oh, I was going to make the, the ham, ham, the Lakers. Like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of the wannabe Turkey. Like <laughs> it's not what the meal's based around. Like, unfortunately, you know, now okay. with LeBron there, you can't ignore it. So you can't ignore the ham. I don't, I don't know. You know I, I was going to say, I was going to say the Raptors. Uh, I was going to take back the stuffing remark and say the ham, because it's, it's also a main course because they're the best team in the East, but it's not quite as good as the Turkey. So either one works. There we go. There are no sure. rules here. No, no, no one's going to be no like, rules. you guys are wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but <laughs> and so, at this point, I think we should start naming off sides that we think make uh, make sense with. Okay, so like, you've got one for the Celtics, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think the Celtics are the green bean casserole, and I because like it's it's also very popular. A lot of people like green bean casserole. It's one of the most popular sides. Uh, it's also very unpopular. You either love it or you hate it, uh, and. The Celtics should be better than this, but for now we're going to leave it at this. Plus, it's also green, uh, and it's it's. So I, I'm going with that. I'm going with the the, the popularity versus the general hatred, uh, and I think uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I got nothing, no other explanations. No, that works. They're both green too. I guess that kind of yeah. <laughs> has a factor in it. What about the Washington Wizards as pumpkin pie? 
you know, you oh, only... see, I like pumpkin pie. So see, I'm not a huge fan, but like the only time you ever eat it is is once a year during Thanksgiving. The only time we really need to pay attention to the Wizards right now is when they have all of this drama and they're imploding. Hmm, that might be a stretch. It's a stretch. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I think the Wizards are. See, the Wizards are something that you think would be better than it actually is. Okay, I, I'm trying to think of like other Thanksgiving items. I, I would say the Wizards are the cranberry sauce, but like the the cranberry sauce with like the whole cranberries in it. Oh, you want like, but everyone wants the stuff out of the can that's just all gelatinous, right? The stuff out of the can is the best. The stuff that holds the shape of the can. That's your cranberry sauce. Yeah. That's how, the stuff you slice with a butter knife into nice round discs. That's good. The cranberry sauce. So you get there and you're like, oh, yes, cranberry sauce. And then you see all those big, thick cranberries in there. And you're like, oh, man. Like each like one of those cranberries is Dwight Howard. One is Austin Rivers. <laughs> it's like, that's like, yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's disappointing. Perfect. You're like. You want to love it, and you're like, oh, oh, man. Plus, it's also red, and it makes sense. This is I, – I could not love this <laughs> a, a, anymore. So I completely, completely dig it. I, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. That's just – that's like dead on. And, man, anytime we can get more Wizards jokes in here. Sure. Like yeah, I just got to do it, right? Something about the Wizards, man. I, I don't have a lot of great jokes, but when it comes to the Wizards, man, I'm firing them off, man. All right. I'm trying to get in on this now with the Pelicans, and I have no idea what they would be. Okay, so you got to help me workshop this. Okay, here. we're so, just spitballing okay. on what, what's like fast. Man, I know New Orleans, but like New, I would make the Pelicans like your after dinner drink, like one okay. of those, like a like a hot toddy. Now I'm com- now this is a total New England thing. I'm a New England guy, so I don't. It's it's not universal, but like that after dinner drink, whatever it is, that nice strong kind of like finish. So. Around here, we would do like a hot toddy. It's got like, you know, it's almost like a tea, and you put some. But any, no, I, don't I get know. what you're saying. Like, yeah, that's kind of a good one. There, I was trying to think of something that also might be like quick to cook because of the pace that they play with, and maybe we're going there. But I like it. It's New Orleans. It's also it's, kind of want, a drinking culture. So, like, you, yeah, yeah, let's yeah be, that, be, that's part of exactly what I was going for because I know that that. Everybody likes to drink down in New Orleans. Part of why I love New Orleans so much. But you need one strong element. You got the Anthony Davis. And now it's it's not exactly that anymore because the Pelicans have had, you know, a lot more help. There's a lot more guys that are having great, you know, Drew Holiday, obviously. Uh, there, there are other guys that are having the, the strong seasons. But you need one strong element. So whatever your drink is of choice – that's the the main booze. That yeah, I Anthony get it. Like the, like the main ingredient in that's yeah. Anthony Davis, and the so, rest I mean, of it kind of complement that. Yeah. So if you're doing something like, I don't know, uh, an old fashioned, then Davis is the bourbon. You know what I'm saying? And you got other things that complement it, but you're there for the bourbon. And I think that's why the Pelicans are your after Thanksgiving drink. All right, that's pretty good. I want to throw one that I don't have an idea out of that maybe I'll come up. Oh, I've got it already. 
What about the after meal nap? What team would that be? Because I'd have to say it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> you yeah. just you just got to sleep through them, man. Something yep. like that. Like, cool. We we engorged ourselves on the rest of the feast. We had all the enjoyable things. The nap's enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, it's not the food items. It's not the stuff that makes you really happy. It's the one. other stuff. You're just too tired to do anything else after you have all the good stuff. And after you watch all these other good NBA teams, you just don't have the energy to watch the Cavs anymore. So it's something that everybody loves. But it's not. It, it puts you to sleep. The Houston Rockets. Oh, that's good. The Houston Rockets. That's better. Everybody loves the Houston Rockets. Everybody loves a nap. But in theory, the Rockets are fun to watch. Now, granted, they're not as rockety as they have been in the past. But when you watch them, you're like, oh, oh, and more ISO. Oh, okay. So it's going to be another step. <sighs> more free that's throws. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So there's Harden for his 15th free throw. I'm done. That's it. So the Rockets are enjoyable, but they put you to sleep. That's the nap. That that's that's perfect. I, I it, there we go. So so when you nap after Thanksgiving, uh, think have sweet dreams of the Rockets, and maybe I don't know, put you to sleep sooner. I, I we jumped the shark on that part there, but that was a really good one. Or I jumped it. That was really good. We got to do dessert. Okay, dessert. Let's hear it. I'm going to give Sacramento Kings dessert. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's fun. You enjoy it. it like, they they are just fun. They, I, I think they are this year's kind of, like, bad team that we all like. Like, this is the team that we can all like. It's bad for you because dessert's bad for you. Like, I'll eat half an apple pie on Thanksgiving. But I still enjoy it so much. And... I don't enjoy it all the time. I'm not a big Thanksgiving guy. I'm not a big dessert guy all the time. But when I have, I'm like, oh man, this is so great. I this is not great basketball. It's not great for me, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I think that's the Sacramento Kings this year. Yeah, I actually, man, you nailed that one too. That's like exactly it. And like that's that's dead on. They're a really fun team to watch, and you yeah. really want to like them. But at the same time, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But like you begrudgingly do it, knowing it's kind of bad for you to kind of dive in on this anyway. So yeah, they're empty calories, but they're fun. It's fun. Yeah. Hell, why not? S- Sacramento Kings are dessert. That is perfect. So that is going to be your Thanksgiving feast of of NBA teams. It's not us doing the Wednesday edition unless we get a really weird third segment in here. And this one was absolutely excellent. All of you, thank you all for listening. If you're traveling, please be safe. And of course, on every Wednesday. I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter, and I'm the co-host of the Locked on Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening, and happy Thanksgiving.